This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, September 27th, 2015. Reset from self to surrender. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Lori Brown. I'm one of the pastors here at Connection, the pastor of spiritual formation. I'm also a sinner who's been saved by God's grace. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Holy God, we just thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity to come together as a body to worship, to hear your word, to be changed and transformed, to lay our burdens at your feet. Lord, we love you. Open our heart, our mind, our eyes for all that you have for us today, Lord. We give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, so today we continue our reset series. We have talked about how crazy busy life can get these days. We have contemplated the idea of a reset button for our lives, a button we could push from time to time that would pause all the craziness around us where we could simplify our life. So as Bill Hybels from his book Simplify, gives us, he gives us a great picture and a vision for the type of reset we've been talking about. He says... Simplified living is about more than doing less. It's being who God called us to be with a wholehearted, single-minded focus. It's walking away from innumerable lesser opportunities in favor of the few to which we've been called and for which we've been created. Say the rest with me. It's a lifestyle that allows us, when our heads hit the pillow at night, to reflect with gratitude that our day was well invested and the varied responsibilities of our lives are in order. So the reset, it's designed to help us not only when our lives are overloaded and on the brink of burnout, when our significant relationships are not going well, when our finances are heading out of control, when our joy for life meter is like running on empty. But these resets, if we practice them on a regular basis, it will actually help keep those things, the overload, the unmanageability of life, from happening in the first place. So today's reset moves us away from the self-directed life where our theme song for life is, I'm not a good singer, but I'm going to try it, but join me. I did it my way. All right, that's the last time I'll sing. (laughs) But we want to make the move to living the God-directed life where our theme song becomes, I did it his way. I did it God's way. So what's required for this move from the self-directed life to the God-directed life is surrender. 
surrender. It's not necessarily a word we like, especially when we're doing and singing the I'm doing it my way lyrics to all or various aspects of our lives instead of doing it God's way. Now we all, every one of us, have areas of life where our way is not God's way. It could be our relationships at home, maybe the way we interact with our spouse or our children or our parents. Maybe it's at work, school, or even at church. Could be how we use our time, our talent, our resources. What area of life is it for you? If you are not sure what area it is, just look at those areas of life that aren't working really well. Those areas are probably an indication that we're doing it our way. Okay, I said I wasn't going to sing, but... <laughs> okay, on the flip side, a life surrendered to God, to God's will... God's word and God's way is the path of least resistance. Let's say that together. A life surrendered to God's will, way, and word is the path of least resistance. Yes, it is the easy yoke that Jesus talks about in Matthew. Now, a literal yoke would be a yoke that would be common would be a yoke that would be put around the necks of two oxen and they would be yoked together to work the fields but Jesus uses the term yoke here metaphorically and he's saying his yoke is easy compared to all the other yokes in life yokes like the law when it's applied legalistically we cannot make ourselves do the law the yoke of slavery, the yoke of oppression, the yoke of sin. How about the yoke of addiction or people-pleasing or the yoke of having to be a perfectionist? Jesus is saying, no, 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 let go. Let go of all these other yokes. Let go of them. And he says, in Matthew 11:29 and 30, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Say the rest with me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So as we surrender our, our lives to God and take on Jesus's yoke, we begin to understand the truth of this scripture. It's the simplified life that Bill Hybels is talking about. Living a life surrendered to God's will, God's way, and God's word produces joy, fulfillment, direction, purpose, meaning, and rest for our souls. Now, not only does it produce these things for the person who surrenders their life to God, but it also multiplies these things in the people this person comes in contact with. We're attracted to people who are living the God-directed life. 
we're attracted to those folks because their lives are far from boring. They're up to something. They make a difference. We notice that they have a peace, a confidence, a joy about life that we don't have. So one of those people for me is Leo Gilmore. He has been a friend and mentor throughout my life, my life that, God, that he lives the God-directed life. He truly does. He loves Jesus. And I am inspired to be a better Christ follower every time I'm around him. He has that effect on people. Do you know people like that? And the question is, is are you that person for someone else? So let's take a look at the definition of surrender to get a better idea of what it's going to take and why it's important for us to make this move. When we look at the definition of surrender, it's to cease resistance to an enemy or opponent and submit to their authority. To agree to stop fighting, hiding, and resisting to yield something to the power, control, or possession of another under compulsion or demand. Now, when I first read this definition, it was like the Holy Spirit immediately convicted me. I began to think about it, like cease resistance to an enemy or opponent and submit to their authority. It's like as I thought about this, I began to understand at a deeper level that when we fail to surrender to God's will, word, and way, when we sin, we actually resist and work against the good work, the plans, the purposes that God has for our lives and those around us. Like how oxymoronic is that? that we would want to work against the God, the good that God wants to do in and through us. So I knew this intellectually, but I hadn't really internalized it until now. So my hope is that we'll all be encouraged to turn over and surrender more of our lives to God, that we'll remember the greater impact that we're actually resisting and working against God's good plans for our lives. And there's a cost, because when we do that, there's a cost to our life, and there's a cost to other people's lives. So God, he also wants us to stop fighting, hiding, and resisting so we can be healed. Do we have any fighters, hiders, and resistors in here? <laughs> I take it from the laughter that you've been that, or maybe you're that right now. Um, another impact of not surrendering to God is that we hold on to our hurts, our habits, our hang-ups. How many can relate to this? It's only when we finally surrender those things to God that we begin the healing process. For me, surrendering those things usually starts with confessing them to God and others. We all know when we're fighting, hiding, and resisting change. We all know it. Admitting it to God and to others is the beginning of the surrender process. So finally, when we fail to surrender to God by not yielding our things, 
our time, our talent, our treasure, to how God would like to use them, we get in the way of the good work, the kingdom work, that God is desiring to accomplish here on earth. You know, in the Lord's Prayer, we pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we refuse to surrender our possessions, our time, our talent, and treasure to God, we work against God's kingdom purposes being done here on earth. So for example, a couple weeks ago, Dave and I were working on this really exciting project to declutter the house. And the dining room was like done. It was looking so great. I was like beaming, smiling, you know, except for the cat's cardboard box that he sleeps in. I thought, man, it is time that we upgrade him to a kitty bed. It's only been like 11 or 12 years, but anyway. So I ran over to Concord Pet, which is around the corner from our house, and I notice a guy at the red light, and he's the same guy that I had given him one of our snack packs that we carry in our cars for just such an occasion. I also noticed a woman sitting about a block away, and I wondered if she was all right. But I'm on a mission. I gotta buy a cat bed, I gotta get home, so we can eat dinner. No time to chat. Mission accomplished. Cat bed purchased. We're ready to eat. However, I cannot get this woman and this man out of my head. My heart was beaten. I had to, like, God was convicting me. He was like, you have to do something. And I knew he wanted me to go back. See, whenever I see people like this, I'm too busy to find out more other than giving them a snack pack at the red light. I told Dave what happened, and I said, we need to go over there. We need to see if they're still there, and we need to find out if they're okay. So we surrender our time. We delay our dinner, and as we're pulling in, we see them by the Royal Farms. We ask them if they're okay. We ask them if we can help buy them some food, a meal. So as we're in the store, we find out that they've been homeless for about a month, they've been living in their car, and a tent with another couple who come in next. We buy them all dinner, and you know, they're just really, they, they just had some bad luck. They also acknowledged, you know what, we've made bad choices, but now we're trying, we're really, really trying to do the right thing. And as we're leaving, Dave fills up their gas tank. God nudged him to do that. It's like, wait a minute, we're at a gas station. We need to fill up their gas tank. And God also nudges me to tell them before we leave that this was not a chance meeting. You know, it's like even in, while we're in the Wawa, they're like, well, aren't you guys going to buy anything? So when God nudged me to do that, 
God told me to tell them that God sent us to them because God loves them and God cares for them and that they matter. The next thing I know, we're in the middle of the Royal Farms parking lot. We are all crying. <laughs> we're all hugging. Um, it was just an incredible experience of God showing up for all of us. So that night, we surrendered our time and our resources to God. That night, God showed up in a really big way, and we were all changed. All of us were changed by God's power and love. So the Bible, it's a great place for us to get insight for living the surrendered life. Written all over the Bible's pages are stories of what happens when people do and don't surrender to God. The prophet Isaiah found in the Old Testament in chapter 55, verses 7 through 9, writes, Like the wicked, those who oppose God forsake, surrender their ways, and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. That's a promise. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. Say the rest with me. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So once we begin to recognize the truth of this passage, that God's ways really are, really are better and higher than our ways, we can begin to surrender. Until then, what happens is we remain our own little g-gods in all those areas of life that we're not willing to let go and let God be in charge. So surrender can be really, really hard, especially for the self-reliant, know-it-all types, like I've been and still, I confess, still can be that way from time to time. Surrender is the daily habit it's a habit that we have to learn. It's the daily habit of putting God's will, God's word, God's way into practice above ours. Sometimes we think of surrender as like we're giving up something in a disempowering way, like we're being forced to surrender. Surrender the way we're looking at it today is more like a yielding, like a submitting, a turning over. We surrender out of obedience to God. We do it because it's the right thing to do. We acknowledge our way is not working, and we're ready to do it God's ways. So this type of surrender is not really about giving something up. It's about letting go of something lesser, our thoughts, desires and ways for something greater, God's thoughts, desires, and ways. Why don't we say that together? Surrender is not really about giving something up. It's about letting go of something lesser, our thoughts, desires, and ways for something greater, 
God's thoughts, desires, and ways. So let's hear what Tom and Heather Bernerski have to say about surrender. Our relationship, we had a lot of conversations starting um, concerning a family, what that would look like. Uh, I was married prior and um, we did not have any children. Uh, that was a burden on our relationship and ultimately that ended in a divorce. So when Heather and I uh, first started dating, that was a topic of discussion. Uh, would we be able to start a family or not? And if not, you know, what would our options be? So that was an area in a relationship that I had to surrender to God um, right from the beginning. You know, I had to make a decision about whether or not I was willing to walk into this relationship knowing that there was a possibility that I might not be able to carry my own child. Um, and ultimately what I, after a lot of prayer and conversation with Tom and people that I love, um, the decision, my decision was that I'd walk into this relationship and that if we weren't able to have children, there was the option to adopt. And, um, We're coming up on our two-year anniversary here uh, in October 5th, um, but we weren't having any luck with having children, and um, there's quite an age difference between us, and you know, who knew men had a biological clock? So we began to discuss you know, what options did we have, and adoption seemed to be uh, a direction that we felt very comfortable with. We had talked about it a lot when we were dating. That, that would be something we'd want to do regardless of whether we were blessed with children. So we began that process in March, I think, of this year. And every month we would take a step and every month I would say, okay, I'm gonna wait a little bit longer because maybe I'll be pregnant this month. And um, so I felt, I feel like I kind of delayed the adoption process a little bit because I was still, I was still hanging on to wanting to be able to carry my own child. Uh, in July, we finally had all our paperwork finished and um, it was just a matter of writing a check and um, putting that paperwork and that check in the mail. And I think we both had reservations about it, but um, we knew that, that this is what we needed to do. We needed just to, to give it to God and just um, all, in, in, I think all in. Ultimately, that was the point that we truly were able to surrender and say, okay, God, we're trusting you with this and um, whatever your plan looks like, we're gonna be okay. And, um, and then about a week, maybe two weeks later, I found out that I was pregnant. And um, it came as quite a shock. And actually, I think it's really important to remember that surrendering to God and His will isn't about getting what we want. It's about truly laying down our, um, our desires at His feet and allowing Him to, to give, show us his, his path for our lives. Thank you, Tom and Heather. Thank you so much for sharing your testimony. So as Heather said at the end, surrendering to God and his will is not about getting what we want. That is huge. 
we can get to that point in all of the areas of our life, gosh, just how, imagine how wonderful life would be. You know, Heather said it's about truly laying down and giving up our own desires and allowing God to show us his path for our lives. How beautiful is that? So the question is, is how do we do this surrender thing? How do we do it? I want to encourage you to grab a pen, and we're going to talk about five things. I'm going to encourage you to write them down. There's pens in the chairs in front of you. So the first thing, we have to have a desire to know, do, and practice God's will, way, and word in our life. It all starts with that desire. If we don't have the desire to know, do, and practice God's will, way, and word, it's not going to happen. We have to be open to being obedient to God. Being open means letting go of something lesser than my way of life for something greater, for God's way of life. The second thing, and this is really important, make time and room for God. Time is probably one of the first things many of us have to surrender. Most of us are so busy that we don't have time for God. We give God five minutes in the morning, we run out the door, and we never really connect again. If that's you, ask God what you need to surrender to spend more time with him. For me, I gave up something lesser. I watched less TV, and I go to bed earlier. And I gave that up for something greater. Quality, unhurried time with God in the morning. Quality, unhurried time with God in the morning. It is a time where I can be with God. And again, the hard thing about surrender, and this is why this time thing is so important, if we don't have time for God, we're not going to be able to surrender to him. We must have time. So for me, this unhurried time with God is a time when I read God's word, I journal, I use the Bible engagement method, which is September's spiritual discipline of the month. It's in the newsletter, it's outside, it's on the website. I spend this time to talk to God, this unhurried time to talk to God, and I have learned during this time to have and develop a more fuller prayer life. See, in the young adult group that meets on Thursday nights, one of the leaders, it's, we meet at Steve and Debbie's house, Steve challenged the group to more fully develop their prayer lives. Well, when he challenged them to do that, man, I got so convicted that God was saying, Lori, you need to do that for, your, for yourself. You know, in the last six months, I have spent so much more time getting down on my knees in prayer than ever before. The other incredible thing, too, is like the kids in the garage, they're learning how to do that. 
You know, I, I have the opportunity to walk through the garage during services sometimes, and when they're at their prayer time, you know what they're doing? They're getting down on their knees, and they're like literally bowing to God. It is such a beautiful, beautiful thing to witness our kids learning how to do this at such a young age. And here's the thing, it's not easy, you know, even when I had my quiet time, my unhurried time, I still needed to like, okay, I'm going to do it for five minutes today. I'm going to set the timer on my phone. I'm going to just pray for five minutes. And then I build up to 10 minutes. And then more. So I encourage you, please, make time for God. If you hear nothing else today, make time for God. The other thing we need to do is to, number three, take a self-inventory of our lives. Make a list of the areas where we're singing the I'm doing it my way song that's not aligned with God's way. Pick an area you're ready to surrender to God's will, God's way, and God's word. It could be your marriage, maybe the way you treat your spouse or your children or your parents. Do we honor our parents? It could be our finances, our character, our relationships. Maybe there's a hurt or a habit or a hang-up we've been refusing to let go of that we know we need to get rid of. It could be unforgiveness or bitterness. There's so many things. It could be our work, our time, our resources. Take that inventory Make time and ask God, what is it? Start somewhere. And we all have those ways. We all have those areas. So I don't want every single one of us should be able to find something. The fourth thing, find out what God's word, will, and way is for this particular thing and practice it. Look up the topic in the Bible. Ask other people. Talk to your small group. Talk to God about it, and most importantly, practice, practice, practice it. You know, Bill Hybels say, fully surrendering God is about learning how to let God's word lead and direct our lives. If we don't practice it, it's kind of hard to, let, to learn how to do that, so practice. And then the fifth thing, repeat the process. Surrender, we do it new every day, every day. The fully surrendered life is a life that continually seeks to let go of something lesser, our thoughts, our wills, our way, for something greater, for God's thoughts, God's will, God's way. So we challenge you to live the surrendered life, a life where we daily choose to literally put on the yoke of Christ, where we say, Jesus, I am tired of doing it my way. I want to surrender, God, and do it your way. You know, if you're putting on this yoke of Christ for the first time today, and you're saying, Jesus, all you have to do is say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe you're the Son of God. 
I'm tired of doing it my way. I want to do it your way. I want to be yoked to you, Lord. So for everyone, we're going to take a few minutes right now to hit the pause button. You can do this on your knees, in your seats, in the prayer corner. During this time, we encourage you to pray, each and every one of us, about what it is that God wants us to surrender. Some of us already know what it is. We knew what it was before we even came in here. God's already been nudging us. And maybe this is the encouragement, the time to say, okay, God, I'm going to give it up. Others may have to press in a little to God. You know, maybe we got that my way is better way. We need to press into God and say, God, help me illuminate what it is for me so I can let go and surrender it to you, God. So what is God calling you to surrender today, this week? So let's take a moment and ask God about that right now during this time. Holy God, we thank you for this time. Lord, um, forgive us for the times that we've refused to surrender. Those times we've refused to do the right thing, where we fight and hide and resist. Lord, meet us each where we're at. Continue to speak to our hearts through this week and remind us that the surrendered life is truly the good life. As we sing this last song, it's going to talk about the white flag, waving the white flag. And I pray that, God, you would have us wave the white flag today and say, we surrender all to you, God. We thank you and we give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. 
You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.